0: You're listening to I Fucking Love This Record, a music podcast hosted by me, B. Derek Harrowview. I hope you enjoy the show. We'll see how much it shakes as we discuss Let Go, the third album by Not A Surf. It was produced by the band along with Chris Fudrich and Louis Lino. It was released on Barsook in 2002. Joining me as we both get right off of our heads is just a happy kid with the heart of a podcaster. Welcome to the show, the host of Records Revisited, Ben Montgomery. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. How is the lockdown treating you?
1: Uh, The lockdown is just a lot of fun. A lot of family time, and we'll see how many of us actually emerge from this still alive.
0: Because you guys are, you're in Florida, correct? I am. So, uh, you, your, uh, your governor is not doing a great job of keeping people at home. So I'm wishing you guys all the best of luck in surviving
1: leading up to this. I was kind of a fan of, uh, governor DeSantis, but, um, the way that he has handled, this has been spotty at best, I would say. Um, yeah, he's kind of left it to the local governments to, to decide whether or not they want to do, uh you know a lockdown and um i'm in just outside of orlando and so we are on lockdown here so it's down to just the essential essential people you know the uh takeout restaurants and the healthcare workers and garbage garbage man and utility people etc so but it should probably happen a week prior but yeah
0: well Wishing everybody the best of luck. I still have a lot of family and friends over there. So uh, I'm always a little extra concerned about what's happening there in Florida. But yeah. uh, really, thank you so much for joining the show. Really appreciate having you here. So yeah. uh, today today we're talking about Not A Surf's Let Go. And tell me, how did this album enter your
1: life? Yeah, so I was uh, I was a passive Not A Surf fan. Um, I liked Popular when that first came out. Uh, it was on MTV a lot. and had a little bit of a, a weezer vibe to it or so we thought that it has a had a weezer vibe really the the uh, um, the the thread there was you know Rick Ocasic was the, the the guy who produced both Weezer and Not a Serves first first record so there were definitely a lot of comparisons um, but i would say that it wasn't until, um, I guess this came out 2002, 2003. So it was probably 2003 for me. And, um, I had just moved to Florida. Um, I had a business in Utah that had, uh, had failed. And, um, my, my wife is originally from Florida. So we decided to, rip off the band-aid and we, we moved to Florida to be near more of her family. And so we did that in two thousand one. And you know, it 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 caused some financial difficulties. So uh, I was working two jobs. I was waiting tables at night to to you know to pay off some of those debts and um, didn't have a whole lot of disposable income. However for the my first job, uh, I was I was working working in a bank, and I could listen to streaming stuff. Um, since I wasn't buying records at the time, I I could at least stream stuff. And I was I was streaming KEXP from Seattle. Inside of Love came on, and I absolutely fell in love with that song. Was surprised that it was not a surf. And then uh, a couple months later, I heard Blonde on Blonde, and uh, they said, this is not a surf. And I'm like, is this the same guys who did Popular? Because it doesn't sound like Popular. <laughs> and um, and so I, I saved up my money, and I, I, I bought the record and just absolutely fell in love with this record. And I say this to, to people kind of half-joking but kind of half-serious, is that this is the record that saved me from becoming like all of the adults that I knew when I was growing up, because you could, you could flip through their record collections and, you know, you'd, you'd see some really cool stuff. Just, you, you know, you'd like, Oh, uh, you you've got days of future past by, by moody blues. And you've got sticky fingers by rolling stones. And so what, what are you listening to now? And they would look at you and like, what, like, popular music now like i'm still listening to sticky fingers and moody blues and i didn't ever want to be those people you know you know exactly what i'm talking about right oh, oh oh yeah oh yeah because i didn't have the disposable income to buy records i was really concerned that i was going to become like those people where they just they stopped listening to popular music and listening to this particular record i think really reignited my my passion for music um, because of this um you know i i started seeking out other things that i was hearing on kexp you know there was interpol that was that was becoming popular the strokes were were becoming popular at that time and it just reignited my love for music. So I, I I say that kind of jokingly, that this saved me from becoming all the adults that I knew. But it's, it's a true story. Well, that's very
0: cool. Um, for me, I only kind of remember hearing Popular. So that came out, I want to say, right as I was getting ready or right as I had graduated from college. Right. Uh, and I didn't have MTV at the time. That was, I know, a song that eventually got on people's nerves and so it never got on my nerves because i only heard it two or three times that i could remember and it was like okay it was an okay song it was clearly kind of that novelty ish uh not maybe not a full-on novelty song but not necessarily what seemed like a a regular song let's say yeah uh and but i had no ill will against not a surf i had uh, no feelings one way or the other towards them and in 2003, I had moved to New York. Uh, in 2002, I, I went through. A, I, I had dated this girl off and on for like two years, and it was like went from like the best relationship ever to the worst relationship ever, as they do. Uh, we could not quite get rid of each other. It was one of those we kept breaking up and getting back together.
1: And I've had and one every, of those.
0: Yeah. 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 Everybody hated us. It was, it was just like didn't <laughs> want it. Nobody wanted to hear about it. And. So finally, we had, we had broken up and I ended up having what I thought was going to be a little fling with this uh, woman who I used to work with at the, at the record store. And she was a little bit younger and she was going to university at NYU and she was getting ready. To, it was her last year at NYU. She's home for the summer. We, she broke up with her long-term boyfriend. We fooled around a little bit. It was nice. Uh, but then because we we're big, dumb idiots, we decided not to break up when she went back to school. And then eventually it's like, well, I, she can't go to NYU in Tampa, but I can try to find a job in in New York. So I ended up moving to New York and that was one of those, just a mistake from the fucking beginning, you know, right from the beginning. It was just not what I should have done. It was, it was a little too, it was a little too premature, but the best thing that came out of that was she had bought this record and I think she just read a good review of it or something. So, uh, cause I think it was released in 2002 in Europe, but it didn't come out in America to 2003.
1: Correct. Uh,
0: and so she got it, I think that first week it came out and she liked it. I loved it. It just, I've, ju- I don't know what it was. It just grabbed me. And I think track one had a lot to do with that because basically, you know. I this girl that I had, you know, the on and off again, was really somebody who I I was really in love with for for a while, and then I kind of thought I was in love with this girl, and then I ended up they broke up, both broke up with me in the same year, <laughs> I and mean, it was just very strange times, you know. Uh, and somehow this album brought me through like two different breakups, and yet it's so good I don't associate that record with either of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, So I just did, I did an episode recently on Concrete Blonde's Bloodletting. And that one, I completely associate with a terrible breakup in college. And I still can't listen to a couple of those songs without bringing myself back to that time.
1: Yeah.
0: But for whatever reason, this one just, I listened through it. It's sort of like... Faith No More is the real thing, didn't get stuck in 1990 for me because I kept listening to it over the years. Sure. And so as much as I can every once in a while remember that time, it's just an album I've carried with me and Let Go is an album I've carried with me. Right. So even though if I think too hard about it, it does remind me of, of two pretty bad breakups back to back, but somehow it does doesn't and I will always love this record just that little bit more because of that
1: I gotcha I've got a few of those records and that, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast episode
0: oh um, definitely that would be a fun one yeah so yeah. maybe yeah um, all right well not to get too, not to get too far off so uh, we're gonna go ahead and start with our track by track analysis our track one is blizzard of 77
2: The blizzard of seventy seven, the cars would just slumps on the snow. And then later tripping in seven eleven, the shells were stretching out of control.
0: And this one is a little bit of a teaser, and it doesn't sound exactly like what's coming on the rest of the record. It's just the singer and a guitar. Uh, I think I think maybe the bass player does a little bit of backing vocals, but it's it's a pretty simple just guitar vocal, a little bit shorter, sounds a little bit different. But man, is this a fucking great song. I love this song so much. I love the lyrics in it. It took me a while to kind of figure out because they seem just a little stream of consciousness at the beginning. Then you realize that it's all about the situations where not only do you not have control, you recognize that you don't have control. So it's not that where you're going through your, your life where you think you know what's going on. These are those situations, you know, no, nope, you're stuck in a blizzard. Nope, you're tripping on acid. Nope, you're in an airplane. You don't have any control. And this was not because it doesn't really have uh, and it doesn't have like a normal song structure. It's like I said, pretty short. There's no real chorus. I think there's only a couple of things that repeat towards the end, but man, just the emotion, just this whole, um, I, I missed you or what is it? I miss, I loved you more than I knew, yeah. uh, that hit me hard a couple of different times for a couple of different people, as I was saying before, and still, this is a song I put on playlists. This is a song that sometimes I'll just, I would just listen to this song like five times in a row and then go on to something different. Ben, what do you think about this one?
1: I love this song. It is like you said; it's it's acoustic based, and it almost feels as though, as far as the sequencing goes, that they were they were trying to throw down a little bit of a gauntlet of saying, "I know you guys probably know us from Popular. You probably know us from that record. That it, you know, because that that rock that that first record is pretty rockin' record, and to start out a record with just an acoustic bass, like you said, it's it's just it's just Matthew, but there is some backing vocals from Daniel and Ira both on on that, so you get you get a little bit of the harmony stuff. But to come out and have your first song be an acoustic bass, where people who were who were familiar with that first record are probably going, um, this is not the record that I thought. They were going to put out next, and that's what I love about uh, about them is that, and you'll see this within the, the the tracking of this record is they can both go acoustic and they can they can rock, and that's that's why I love this band. I love their diversity. I love that they're able to to, to switch up their sound without going. Too far in a in a different direction. It still sounds like not a surf, but not going completely crazy where you're just like, where is this going? And uh, I I love this song.
0: Yeah, and I agree. It's it. it there's a there's a, somehow a uniformity to it without it sounding the same. It's you you know you're you know you're on the same record. Yeah. like uh, You know somebody had recommended a record. I think it was it was either you or or one of the uh, the play disc pod guys. And I was listening to it and was it the lottery winners and I kept and I liked it, but I yeah. kept having to check to see if Spotify had gone into um, playlist mode because it's sometimes I'm like, I don't think I, I didn't feel like I was listening to the same record. Right. Uh, whereas with this one, I always, even though they're switching it up, I always feel like I'm listening to the same record.
1: Right. Right.
0: So that brings us on to track two, Happy Kid.
2: Just a happy kid Stuck with the heart of a sad punk Drowning in my Ill, Always searching like it's on junk What are your thoughts here, Ben?
1: I love this. I, and if you listen to our, our podcast we talk a lot about sequencing. Like sequencing is one of those things that I'm super particular about. I love the fact that they went from blizzard of 77 which was you know more acoustic bass to you're gonna rock out a little bit on happy kid i mean it definitely starts out as a as a rocker i just love the sequencing that uh you you go from blizzard to, to happy kid and then you know you're gonna go into more of a melodic a mood piece is what i would call the third the third track um but i dig it it's uh and it's great live too. Such a good, good song live.
0: Oh, I bet I've never got to see him live. So I so said, "This uh, was a band I got into, and then moved to Poland, so <laughs> I, I, I didn't, haven't got a chance to to catch them." But at one point, I, I, I definitely need to. And yeah, because man, I love this song, and like with the sequencing, you really couldn't like if you go with a even a slightly mellow song for track two, that throws off this whole album. I think you agreed. You need to, You come out with the acoustic. That's great. And it's like I said, a little bit of a teaser uh, because it's not necessarily what you're going to get. But if then you got to throw a haymaker. I think you got to throw You got to go for the big punch in in song two. You got to. And they did. And this is one of those songs and I don't even think they released it as a single, but this is a song like, why am I not hearing this song out of everybody's car windows driving? Because it's just, this is like a party song. It's just got just that great guitar tone and it's just it just goes. And this is the one of those like this song and something like from Spoon. It's like why why are these not the things that the radio is, is pumping out? Why am I hearing g- garbage metal on, on radio all the time when I should be hearing this? Uh, you know, cause it's got almost that jangle guitar. So not quite like REM, but not not like REM. And yeah. it's just got a real drive to it. And the lyrics are pretty cool. And, uh, just, you know, like just a happy kid with the heart of an old punk and, you know, just drowning in my id, I think is such a kind of a cool um, line. Yeah. Yeah. This, you know, I I don't think this one necessarily tells a story, but it's just, it it gets you going and it just pumps you up and such a, such a great track too. And as we were discussing before on the uh, European version, this is not track two. They went with a different heavier song but just this man I don't I don't know who made that decision but they made the wrong decision because this is the perfect
1: this is perfect track two, track yeah. two. yeah yeah yeah
0: okay so then track three inside of love
2: watching turn
0: This is, I found, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well doing your podcast that song three is a ballad or a slower song a lot. And that's not something I really realized until I started doing kind of analysis of these albums.
1: Track three is what you want to have played on the radio.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I found that, and that's not something I had realized. And I've been a big music lover my whole life and just never put that together until here because yeah. I was. Sometimes I feel like that comes a little, I think I always feel it should almost be like track four. But if you're look, but I think that's just because I grew up listening to CDs. And then if you're Uh listening to it on vinyl, now you're if track four could be the end of the side or the second to the last song on the side in certain records. So I, I see why that track three position and it's a little bit tough when you start with a slower one and then you have your rocker and then you want to bring it back down. I think sometimes that can mess with the sequencing a little bit, but this is a case that is not the case. Because uh, I'd love with Inside of Love, just with that delayed effect on the guitar, mm-hmm. and it's got really crisp drumming on it. And it's just getting spacier than an astronaut should absolutely not work. And yet it does <laughs> in this song. This is clearly about somebody who's just tired of bad relationships and i love the line i know the last page so well i can't read the first it's and so that's good. it's so it's like just i think we've all felt that burnout at some point where it's like you you talk to somebody one time and you just you fast forward past all the good times you guys could be having together you're just like nope i already see what the breakup looks like Yep. uh and you and you had mentioned this was the first song you had heard off this album right
1: Yeah. This is, this is a song that pulled me in and it's a personal song for me because when this came out and, uh, I, I probably bought the record in 2004. Um, I was a dad of two young kids. So my, my, uh, youngest at the time was two. My oldest was four. Uh, like I said, I was working two jobs and, really just felt disconnected because I was working so much to, to try and pay the bills and um you know I I felt like I was on the outside of, of love. Not that my relationship with my wife was, was bad or anything at the time. It was just we didn't have a lot of time to connect. And you know, she was dealing with two young kids at home. Um at that same time my my oldest was was diagnosed uh, on the autism uh, autistic spectrum and so you know she was dealing a lot with that stuff on her own because I was working so much and it was a really tough time and and this this song just really spoke to me in ways that I understood that I had I had love at home that my kids loved me. My wife loved me, but there just was, I was just, just on the outside of that love. And I, I could kind of feel Matthew Matthew's pain, but yet hope at the same time that things are going to be a little better. Luckily things did become better in 2004. I got a better, better paying job. Um, and was able to quit waiting tables. And those were happier times where I could actually be a dad and be a husband as opposed to worrying about what, what my finances look like. Uh, and so it, it's a deeply personal song for me. I will freely admit that the first time that I heard this live that uh, I may have teared up a little bit. And um, I don't care.
0: This is what I love about music because this song is obviously about somebody who's just burned out on relationships altogether. And yet it was personal for you and you were in a good relationship. But just because of the difficult time, you got something out of the song that maybe wasn't a hundred percent what the song was about, but it Correct. made sense to you. And I I love that. I love that about music where you can just take where you can hold on to something. Uh, that maybe wasn't there to begin with, but who cares? Because it is there for you, and right. that's what makes these records so great. What makes these things so personal? When you can just take that line, you can just take that moment, and it means something that the songwriter could never have known or expected. And that's beautiful. That's what. That's what I, God. That's what I love about music. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so that brings us on to uh, Fruit Fly.
1: Left
2: some food wrapped up In a plastic bag On the kitchen table Waited too long Sat down to eat Next to the bag I was too tired I tell you,
1: probably my least favorite song on the record you know you you talked about uh on the first the first song blizzard of 77 that uh he kind of goes stream of consciousness um yeah this is all stream of consciousness uh <laughs> Where you know I don't even know who who the the, the poet is that that this reminds me. maybe like an E, e. Cummings, um, where he just kind of goes, well, I'm staring at a fruit fly and my sandwich bag and and you, and I, the first time I heard it, I was like, why in the world are you singing? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's probably my least favorite. If I do skip any songs on this record, it's probably this one.
0: Same here. This is, uh, in, in records revisited parlance, this is my one. Yeah, me too. I don't like the intro cause I don't like how he sings at the intro. Right. And the thing is I like his voice. He's got a, a fairly strong voice. So it's not like somebody who's working with a, a limited instrument, but for some reason, just the way he sings it, he sounds off key and he mm-hmm. sounds like he can't sing this part. And, I don't know why he's making that choice, and it's just it's it's a tonal. And I'm not a big lyrics guy generally. If the lyrics make me feel some kind of an emotion, I don't really care what they're saying. It's usually I care more about how they sing it. Yeah. And this is a case. Now the second half of the song does pick it up, and I think is is a bit better. Yes. And if it just would have, if he would have skipped like that first minute or even longer, it's like I think I would like this song a lot more. But just the whole go somewhere, my friend, go somewhere. <laughs> right.
1: And th- and that's, and that's why if I don't skip it, it's usually because I'm like, let me just get through this first, like a minute and a half, because it does get better. Um, Once you get through that, that, that first little stream of consciousness thing that he's, that he's, he's doing. I mean, the one thing I will say on this is kudos for trying something different though. I'm glad that they, that they didn't paint themselves in the corner of, well, um, we're just going to do, you know, more songs like popular. I'm glad that they chose not to do that, that they chose to do something a little bit different. It's just, yeah, I can give kudos while um, saying that I don't like it. (laughs)
0: You know, kudos while I skip it.
1: Yeah. Right. No, I I get it. You know, and I, I,
0: Uh, the one thing that I had always gotten out of this record, which I I want to was going to maybe bring up a little bit later, but is I I always felt like this is a band that had been kind of chewed up and spit out by the music industry. And they were, this record was the, you know, look at my, my field of fucks and how barren it actually is. Like they just didn't care. And I think they went and made, and I mean that in the best way possible and that they went out and just made a great record and did it. It was like, you know, spoon, I think, went through a similar thing, and you just hear it where, okay, we're gonna this is what I want to do, and this is what how I'm gonna do it, and everybody else can just you know go do whatever they're doing because I don't care anymore. So yep.
1: and that's exactly what happened for this record. so they they had after they did their 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 first record, they recorded a second record, and the label hated it and basically said, i, I I'm trying to remember the exact story, but they basically said, um, "Yeah, we're not going to release this. Go do something else." Like all three of all three of them went and had other jobs. I mean, Ira during that time, he ended up playing drums for for Rick Wakasick for for a while, and I, I don't remember the all the story of how they essentially got released from their record deal and then. They decided this is the record that we want to do. And I'm glad that they stuck with it because I think a lot of other bands, if they would have been put into that situation, would have just said, screw it. I'm, I'm done with the music industry. But they ended up recording this record. And look, all of us die hard, not a surf fans. This is, this is a special record for all of us. We, we love this record.
0: Yeah, and I I can definitely see why I wouldn't I I like I like the band. I wouldn't consider myself a diehard, but man, this this is a special record, and and it really shows. Yeah. So track five, Blonde on Blonde.
2: Fourteenth Street is gonna drown. Everyone else rushing.
0: An ode to loving an album. This comes up every once in a while. You know, sometimes bands will, maybe not necessarily in the title, but you know, bands will reference other bands or other songs or other albums, and and there's always something special about that. You know, people who make their living making music, tipping their hat to other people in the music industry, I think is pretty special. Even though this song, I think, uh, gets a little repetitive lyrically. Uh, there's just I don't something,
2: care. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, I love it basically because it's about an album and there's just something about that, that appeals to me in a way that's hard to articulate in beyond just like hit. That's kind of cool because it's more than just kind of cool. Uh, obviously you, uh, I, I'm going to guess you like this one. What's, uh, what are your thoughts here?
1: Love this song. Yeah this this was this was what prompted me to buy the entire record because uh, this was the second the second song that I heard and I don't know what the sequence of was for you know the radio singles that they put out um, but this was the second song that I that I heard and I'm with you I like to write a song that's an ode to another record it's great um, because that's that's how most of us music nerds feel. You know uh if i wrote music there would probably be a song about actung baby there would probably be a song about august and everything after there would probably be a song about harvest from neil young <laughs> you know so so i get it you you find those records where you just absorb yourself into and you put on your headphones and everything is right with the world and that's really what the the essence of this song is you know i've got blonde on blonde on my portable stereo and it's a lullaby from a giant golden radio i mean it's just yeah who you know us music nerds we totally feel that way about certain records and um yeah it's just just a great song nice
0: to see that they're fans as well. And it's, we're not, we're not alone in our, in our, in our geeky love. No, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if you've listened to any of the episodes, so we've done two episodes with Ira from uh, the, the drummer from not a surf. He is a huge music nerd like us. And we haven't even uncovered uh, what I think that he would really love to talk about. He's a huge Ringo fan Okay. and a huge beatles fan and so um yeah there. i don't know about daniel daniel is the more reserved of the group but matthew is totally a music guy and ira totally is a music guy and and it definitely it definitely shows
0: okay then so track six high speed soul Uh, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: So this is an interesting song because it, it goes a lot of different directions, but I I love all the changes in the song. It's melodic, it's rocking, it's atmospheric, all in one song. And I, you can almost, you can, I can almost, now that I know about Ira and his love for the Beatles, I almost feel a very, White album or Abbey Road feel to this particular song. It could probably be. They probably could have expanded this to be like four different segments of like a minute and a half each. <laughs> could kind of like a Beatles. Some of those Beatles yeah. records. That's what. I like about this particular song is it takes me in a bunch of different directions and it's, it's, it's cool. I really dig this song. It's good. It's a good way to, to end, uh, to end side one as well.
0: Yeah. And I love it because it brings the energy back up. So, because yes. uh, blonde on blonde and and the song before are both mid, mid tempo being a little generous, I think. Uh, and then this, you know, the, the energy is back up. Uh, this is the first time I noticed there being keyboards. So there's like these nice, mm-hmm glassy keys going around in the background. And
1: and that's uh, Louie.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, cause I, and I don't, it, and maybe they are there before, but not in a way that you really hear. And, right. and they have that just nice little, you know, kind of, kind of sweetens it up in the background. And uh, like I said, I was, I was living in New York when I first heard this album. And there was a couple of times where my, my girlfriend brought me to these kind of like, you know, New York style parties where you're in a semi abandoned building or, you know, there's artists or people who are pretending to be artists or whatever. And and for some reason this song always reminds me of that, just being at some kind of weird semi-hipster party in Brooklyn, New York. And and I still love it. I love this one. I just uh just the thought of um you know that they're playing soul at the wrong speed. <laughs> I I I'm not even a hundred percent sure what he means by that, but I love I it. I, just, I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. You know, there's a lot going on with the lyrics, but just with the exception, maybe of Blizzard of '77, which I just, God, I love. Uh, I I like it better when they're rocking. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, okay, I, I do like I like when the guitars are up, and uh, I think that's why I just this is a great one. So yep. yep that uh that brings us to the end as you said the end of side one of let go by not a surf on i fucking love this record with my special guest ben montgomery uh now ben we've talked a little bit here at the beginning and uh, dropped some hints along the way so you are the host of a podcast called records revisited uh why don't you tell uh my scattered listeners a little bit more about that
1: yeah so we uh (laughs) <laughs> now I'm stopped. I always hate talking about myself. I, I'm like the worst marketer uh, of the podcast. Um, yeah, we're we're uh, a weekly or, or a uh, semi-weekly, depending on how many episodes we've got in the can. And we invite people to come on our podcast to talk about one of their favorite records. We're a little unique in the fact that uh, we didn't want to be like all of the other... No offense, Derek. Uh, all of the other uh, podcasts that, that are out there that talk about, um, you know, their favorite records, we decided to kind of see where people's heads are, and we make them rank the record. So, for instance, if there's 12 songs on the record, their favorite song gets 12 points. Um, next favorite gets 11 points, on down to their favorite or least favorite of one point. And then we we come up with a top five based off of our cumulative scores. So it's myself and my co-host Wayne, and then usually a guest. Sometimes we have more than one guest. Um, and then we we come up with our top five. And, you know, the the people that come on our show turn us on to great new records that uh, I, I i guess when i when i say new it's in parentheses um, they're they're new to us and we've had some really fun guests to to introduce us to stuff that we weren't completely familiar with um, but then we also have guests who they bring up one of their favorite records which just happens to be my co-host and my favorite records as well and so we get to gush on them for couple hours we we have tried to keep it less than two and a half hours <laughs> that's kind of our uh, that's kind of our cutoff where it's like uh you get anything more than two and a half hours then we're we're probably trudging in territory where people are just not going to to listen to it but we have done a couple episodes that have been two and a half hours long so
0: one that you did just recently with um Oh, I'm gonna screw up the name here. Matt Nathanson.
1: Matt Nathanson, my man crush. One of my man crushes. Uh,
0: And so, and I had never heard of him before, and and I ended up liking quite a bit of stuff that he's done. So, and you guys talk about Octum Baby, which is an album I hate uh, (laughs) because I don't like you two, and I listened to every second of that podcast. It was so much fun, Uh, and like I I put out on Twitter, it's like I don't like you two, but. Matt makes me wish I did. He had such enthusiasm, such passion for that record, that it made me almost question but then I remembered that, you know, Bono is still singing for them. So I was, I was okay with my decision, but uh, yeah. And so again, it's like a guy I don't know talking about a, an album I don't like. And I was riveted the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love the grading system. Like if I could go back in time and steal something and then murder you guys for it, I'm not saying I would do that, but I would think about it. So, cause it's just, cause it, it forces you. To, or forces the, especially the guests, I think, is I think you guys have done, like you said, what, 93 of these now. So it probably yeah. doesn't sting quite as bad when you kind of not really sure where to put, you know, which one's your six, which one's your seven. Yep. But you can you can feel the existential dread from the guests in probably at least 75% of the episodes. Like it, they'll get to a point where they it's realize 95. they have to give,
1: it's 95%. <laughs> like all, all of our guests will apologize at least once during the episodes about their score. They're like, I give this a four, but this is a freaking ten. Why did you make me score this a four? <laughs> and and we totally get it. Like you you listen to the YouTuber the u2 episode so you know we were like this is my 10 asterisk this is my 10 exclamation um this is my 10 a you know it and that's kind of how we we felt about the record (laughs) because it was like uh, do i really have to give this a one like all of the songs on this and i know you don't you 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 don't love acting baby but um that is that is one of those records that just um is important to me and. I was just super we were super stoked to have Matt come join us because I knew I knew based off of another podcast that I had listened to him talk about U2. He loves U2 and I knew that that acting was his was his favorite record. So when I invited him to come on, um, I was just over the moon that that he joined us. That was gosh, that was that was a lot of fun.
0: And it showed it was a fun album or sorry for a fun episode to listen to. So who came up with this infamous grading system?
1: You know, I would probably have to take credit for it, but Wayne and I, so I, I probably have not even told kind of the, the Genesis story of how our podcast came to be. So I, I write and um, I was going through a really bad spell of writer's block, but I always need to have a little bit of creative outlet. And, um, Wayne was kind of going through, I'm told, hopefully Wayne doesn't listen to this cause I'm, I'm going to, to to to, <laughs> to, 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 to say some personal stuff. Wayne was going through a divorce at the time and the way that we were kind of getting through our, our stuff was, we would assign each other via text of okay, rank your top ten songs off of Appetite for Destruction. Go, and so we were doing that with, you know, okay, how about White Album? How about Physical Graffiti? And you know, so we were we were doing this, and and I was like, you know, I don't hear any podcast doing this like what what we're doing. So I brought it up to Wayne. I'm like. I need a creative outlet. Let's do a podcast. And Wayne's like I don't know this first thing about podcasting. I'm like I'll figure it out. Like I'll I'll figure all of this out. I just need I need a co-host. So we we came up with this crazy scoring thing and it works for the most part. I will freely admit that we've had a few potential guests who have canceled on us because they didn't want to do the scoring thing, and <laughs> and we're fine with that. Look, we we want people who are passionate about the records that they choose, and if you can't come up with you know scoring for it, okay, that's that's fine. We totally get it. So yeah, we wanted to do something that was a little bit unique, and I think that it's unique out in the marketplace. I think that we would love to do some some other episodes that are not just the scoring, and we do every every so often. We'll 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 do something that's a little bit outside of the the scoring, but we're just really super blessed to have the referral lines that we have. We've got some really awesome guests who and. The best part of this is once the guests come on and they have a good time with us, they're referring their friends over to us to come on the podcast. And so that's, that just speaks volumes that, okay, well, other music nerds are enjoying talking <laughs> with, for, with a couple other music nerds for a couple hours. So I guess we're doing something right. Oh, good, good. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, we're going to hear a word now from uh,
0: one of our friends. I'm Brian
1: Colburn. And I'm Jay Sweet. And
0: we're the co hosts of TuneStyles, a podcast aimed at the music nerd and us all. Each listener interactive episode hones in on a different musical topic or artist. Featuring guest interviews, listener polls, and roundtable discussions about the music that shaped the soundtrack to our lives. You can find us at TuneStylesPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Subscribe to TuneStyles and be a part of our weekly musical conversation. Stay tuned. And now, back to the show. So let's go ahead and flip the record over and take a look at track seven, Killian's Red.
2: I'm putting this night down to bed Cause I was sitting at the This is
0: such a cool tune. This is a a little bit of an outlier where it's not like the the slower ones that we heard on side one and it's not one of the faster ones, but it's got kind of this sinister, low key, minor key feel to it. And they're like these little, uh, you know, little throw off licks from the guitar. And this song is about potential and almost and maybe I love the, and I almost love this town when I'm by your side, you know, there's, there's a couple of different mentions of almost, and the person he's waiting for doesn't show up in the song. You know, he's referencing not even a beer that he likes, but just that's the sign above the door. And it's one of those, when you're waiting for somebody, how you're always looking at the door, even though you don't want to, you want to stop yourself from doing it, but he's just, that's where he's going. And I just, I love this song. What do you think about this one?
1: I love it. And you kind of touched on the, it's not about, it's not an ode to Killian's red for, for, for certain, (laughs) but I think it, and, and, you know, I would love to hear Matthew's take on this, but I think it is about, you know, you, you kind of settle for that thing that maybe isn't your favorite, hoping that at some point you'll have your favorite. So you know, the Killian's red might be, eh, it might be okay. I don't know. I don't drink. So I don't, I don't know if Killian's red is even any good, but <laughs> it is. It's one of those situations where it's like you've settled. Hopefully you you will be able to embrace that, which you're looking for.
0: It has that <clears throat> longing and searching and a lot going on and, and just, just the kind of the, the minor key of it all where even, even when they're, Sadder or when they're slower earlier on, it's still a little bit brighter. Yeah. And man, I just this is such a such a great song. Yeah. So track uh where are we? Track eight, uh the way you wear your head. Don't push
2: me.
0: do you think about this one
1: i love this song and ira is an absolute beast on the drums on this one especially towards towards the end of it um if you've listened to the live record that they put out in 2016 the live at live at the neptune which is a theater in uh, seattle he is an absolute beast on that i love listening to that live track because he just gets at it and it's and it's also um you know if you listen to the 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 lyrics total cheap trick reference in there uh of i want to want you i need to need you um yeah there's uh such a great song it's it's behind uh inside of love and blonde on blonde this this is this is my song on this record
0: it's a, it's a good one. I love that kind of siren like effect on the guitar at the intro. Yes. yes. Uh, and that's just, that's really cool. And I don't play any instruments, so I don't even know if I'm referring to those things cor- in, the, in the correct way, but just, I, I love just like that sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just, then when it kicks in and it's just got a great groove. And of course, I haven't heard, you know, the you know, lifted cheap trick lyrics whole scale. Uh, so it's not even like referencing it. It's like no, like that. That's exactly cheap trick. It is, and then but you know, going back to blonde on Blonde and you know, kind of tucking in somebody else's lyrics inside of a song is is a thing that happens, and I think it's cool. And you know, and it's not even like they were being subtle. I mean, they they chose nope, a gigantic, <laughs> you know, cheap trick song. It wasn't like they they, they took something off of you know, you know album eight side two or whatever. You know, they they, right. they went they were they went for the big with the big guns. Uh, but it's just, it's got that groove and you can hear, you know, it doesn't sound necessarily like cheap trick, but you could tell cheap trick is an influence. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's just f- fun. This is a fun song. And, and, and this, you know, the whole album doesn't necessarily present a lot of fun, even when it's up tempo. No, uh, but th- this is one of the times I think it does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that, again going back to the 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 sequencing of things so you go from killian's red to this song then you're going to jump into neither heaven nor space which is the, the the following song which is very atmospheric but it seems to work like you go from those atmospheric to a rocker to atmospheric uh the sequencing just works it works for this record
0: it really does. And ne- never listen to the European edition because it doesn't. <laughs> right, <laughs> they, they, right. They mix it up a bit and there's a song on there that I, I had never heard before. And
2: there's no quick fix. You've gotta take your
0: Yeah. So, because this actually is track two on the European edition, if I remember correctly. That's what you said. And yeah and it's it's not necessarily a bad track two but it's nowhere near as good as is the track two that we have so i mean at least it goes from the uh, from blizzard to 77 into a rocker but uh right. not not the correct one yeah so uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's move on track nine neither heaven nor space as you mentioned
2: So quiet, it's neither heaven nor space, it's just high. And the ring
0: around the moon, and this is again, you know, kind of settles back down uh, uh, just a bit, and for me. This song is all about the line it looks like light and love neither of which i get enough of which is such a devastating line and so telling it's that whole you know locked away and not getting the nourishment that you need either from a person or from the universe <laughs> you know it's
1: just uh, all
0: all by yourself locked away not going outside i love that line what do you think about this one
1: yeah, it's a great line. I, I love the the part in the middle of the song where he says, "And if you sit long enough, you can hear ghost trains." And oh. he pauses just for a little moment, and you can you can almost feel the ghost trains. That's like, I I don't know what what they're doing as far as the atmospheric stuff for 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 the the underlying music, but it it works, and I think that that because of that when he does you know say his lines of you know looks like light and love neither of which i get enough of you feel that a little bit more so i i like it from the atmospheric yeah not my not my favorite song on the record but um it, you know it's a good tune it's it's uh it's one of those mood pieces and to go back to the sequencing i think it's
0: it's in the right place it's in the the third third track on side two and and this is where you want that to be and 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 it works all right i'm going to butcher this one track 10 uh it's uh, in french La uh we're going to go with it that and just you know never mind that i said that out loud
2: la uh,
0: what, what are your thoughts here, Ben? Unless you know how to pronounce it. You wanna you wanna help me out? Uh,
1: I, I think you are correct. Um So I will freely admit that I hated this song until I heard Daniel sing it live and it was absolutely beautiful live. So now I don't skip this. I used to skip this song because I'm like, well, it's French and I don't know a single, you know, I can't do a single sentence in French, even though I took two years of French in high school. (laughs) Um, Like my you know, I know croissant that's about as that, that's about as much as I go. Actually, maybe it is biblioteca. Is that, is that uh, French or is that Spanish? It's
0: definitely Spanish, but you know, it could be both.
1: Okay. Yeah. Both. Okay. So I know only know croissant, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like I said, once I heard it live, Daniel, so this is Daniel singing, not Matthew. And it's, mm-hmm. And he just does a beautiful job of it. So um, if people are listening to this and they're like, eh, I don't really like it, go go see him live and you'll you'll change your opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to say about this either way. Because I like the music on it. Uh, and the the girl who introduced me to this record, she hated the song. And she was from Canada. And I don't remember, I don't think she spoke French. But it seemed like anytime somebody sang in French. She just hated it. Yeah. Uh, Like even Leonard Cohen. And we both loved Leonard Cohen. And, uh, you know, there's the one song he sings in French and he's, she's like, Oh, his accent is so terrible. (laughs) uh, 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 Okay.
1: She she wasn't from Toronto then is what you're saying.
0: Uh, I I don't remember where she was from. I think okay. she was from outside of Toronto, but I don't know. She just okay. uh, didn't 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 like it when people sang in French. So a lot of times when I first was listening to this record, after the first couple of times, she would go she would fast forward
1: it. She'd skip it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and so it's not one that I've listened to a lot, but I don't I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I don't know what's happening, but uh, uh, you know, I've lived in. Poland for 15 years and I don't know what's happening at all so you know it's uh, par for the course these days so I think I appreciate it even more so uh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it
0: track 11 treading water This is one I I, I like this one I, I, I just I can't think of a whole lot to say about this one you know movies like Zoos, uh, I, I I like the way he sings that I don't you know just because it goes back and and it rocks again being in New York that idea of always rushing always late something kind of hit me about that one and um, yeah. I just this is one of those I like this song it's a great song. I don't have a ton to say about the song. So bail me out here, Ben, tell me you got some great stuff for me.
1: So it's probably going back to what you were saying. I'm not a lyrics guy. The lyrics on this are great. I think that the, the whole gist of this particular song is maybe because I was a missionary for my church at one time, the the line of, I talked to missionaries when they're standing at my door, you know, and, and then he says, we're, you know, we're trying to change each other's core, um it's really about as much as we try to change other people's opinions it's usually fruitless and i think that that's the whole treading water concept of don't try don't just don't try to to change people's (laughs) opinions um because most of the time you're just going to tread water going back to what what we were talking about with social media like i completely stay away from you know the political stuff i chimed in on a political thing uh last week and i regretted it afterwards because um i didn't change uh, the person's opinion he didn't change my opinion all we did was waste each other's time that's pretty much what 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 happened so i'm go- i'm going to throw another not a serve story so I've only seen them live once. Uh, and it just happened to be that I was in Nashville for for work a few years ago when they did the entire Let Go record from from start to finish, which was a magical night. Like it's yeah. it's one of my top 5 concerts that I've ever seen. It was just great. But they did they did the the full record and then they did essentially like a festival set afterwards i mean they played like 30 songs that night like it was freaking fantastic yeah um but there was i guess if you're going to see a band
0: only one time that's the one time that 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 would
1: (laughs) totally, totally be the one time but there were there were some people that were sitting in front of me that were just getting bombed there is a song by not a surf that's called the fox which is about fox news and Matthew doesn't get too political, but you know, he brought up the fact that this was, this was a, a political song and the drunk guys that were in front of me were like, play some effing, not a surf. Matthew just kind of stopped and looked over there and he goes, I had a feeling about you guys. He's like, if you want to come over to the merch table after afterwards, he was like, I'll talk to you about anything if you want. And like he, He was so diplomatic about it and just completely shut them down. Like, you know, he's like, I'll talk to you about it. But you yelling out playing, play some effing not a surf right now is not going to do that. You know, we're I'm still going to play the Fox. So (laughs) you're treading water, buddy. And that 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 to me is just kind of the essence of the band. Yeah, they're just great
0: i love i love hearing stories like that it's like i said i i've never got to see them live i don't i don't know if they've uh i don't know if they've been to poland pretty sure they haven't i probably would have tried to to make that
1: um they come to germany a lot in fact uh how how far is like hamburg from from where you're at in poland uh
0: hamburg's is a is a hall so i'm not that far yeah i'm not that far from berlin so i've gone to i've gone to see plenty of shows in berlin i've actually because berlin's about a three-hour drive gotcha so uh i've actually to go i went to go see the twilight singers i got off of work we drove we saw the the band and then we drove back home that night i mean it was a long Mm. day but uh, yeah yeah. so i've been able to do that the problem is that unless like if a band is playing in poland they'll advertise throughout poland even so it's not like in america obviously which is much bigger but even let's say if a band is playing in florida and they're only going to play in orlando you know, they're going to advertise throughout Florida, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it is in Poland. So, uh, you know, a band may come and uh, there's like s- smaller cities that for whatever reason, just have a, a huge stadium. And so there's a place called Jeshuv that gets a ton of big bands, even though it's not a city you would ever go to for any other reason. Uh, Cause they just have this huge football stadium, soccer stadium. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but if a band is playing in Berlin, they're not necessarily going to advertise in, in Poland. So I w- may not know. It's like, it's easier right. for me to get to Berlin than it is to get to Warsaw. Uh, I would rather go to Berlin than go to Warsaw, but I may not know that they're there until it's too late or or whatever. So unless it's somebody I'm, I'm right on top of, or for some reason somebody else mentions it, or if it's on social media or something, uh, you know, I won't always catch it. So, um, yeah. And I've, I've heard great things about them live. So I, I think... You know i i would definitely be willing to, to travel a bit to go see them play if i if i knew uh what they were when they were going to be there so yeah do it so that brings us to our final track paper boats
2: sit on a train reading a book same damn planet every time i look Try to
1: what are your thoughts here so this is an interesting yeah. song um it's, it's beautiful but maybe it's just a little too long i know it's like what six and a half six and a half uh minutes yeah something like that yeah but i i like again i i like the fact that they take a little bit of uh of a chance on there there's there's one part of the song that is very hem hemingway-esque if that's a word, Hemingway ask. It
2: um, is
1: now. Where where uh, he kind of has this uh, back and forth where he's like, "What's wrong? Nothing. Are you sure nothing's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like you're sad about something. I mean, it's total. It's totally Hemingway, and I I I love the dialogue, and I just love. I mean, this is what you're 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 ending your record on a song that is just talking about um, all i am is a body floating downwind floating downwind i love sequencing where the last song makes you want more and even though it's six and a half minutes long um, once you're done listening to this you're like okay, I'm going to put on another, not a surf record, or I'm going to go listen to blizzard of 77 again. Like, <laughs> like you, you mentioned that, you know, you're okay with listening to that song, you know, four or five times in a row. I have definitely done the deal where, where I've, I finished paper boats and then I'm listening to blizzard of 77 again. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And so I, I agree that it is, it, it is a little bit too long, but I, I love the placement. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lot like you as far as, the, you know, the, where, where things are, are put on on the record and, and, and the effect that that has. And I'm a sucker for the slow closer. Now, yes. uh, you know, don't get me wrong, the occasional going out on the big bombastic is is great. I'm not going to say that, but I love the slow closer. Uh, doesn't have to be a ballad, but, uh, and, and this is another one that I think hit me a little bit more just being in New York. So, you know, I, I grew up in Florida and, you know, we just, we don't do public transportation in Florida. No. Uh, and then moving well, we to New York
1: it, and just do it really
0: poorly. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I joke about that, that, you know, being in, in Poland, that there's, you know, we have trams and buses and, yeah. uh, you know, they run 24 hours a day and it's easy to get anywhere you want to get in town. And, you know, and in Florida we have, uh, you know, in Tampa, we have a, a bus that runs every, um, you know, Tuesday. Um, And so, being in New York and being, uh, you know, taking the the subway almost every day because I was in Brooklyn and I would go meet my my girlfriend in Manhattan, and just the uh, you know, sit on a train reading a book, same damn planet every time I look, uh, was cool. But just the uh, that the as the express train passes the local, it moves by just like a paper boat, although it weighs a million pounds. I swear it almost seems to float and it's poetry like, yeah, and yeah. Just, just being on the train probably listening to the song was it just it really struck a chord with me, and it's not one that i, I it's not one that I revisit a, a lot unless I'm sitting down to listen to the whole record because yep. uh, I, I almost kind of forget about it and then how how pretty this song really is and how it really just takes you out and then yeah i like i need to listen to this whole thing again so yep. it's uh it's it really is it's a fantastic uh closer uh i think would be an even fantasticer closer if it was just a little little bit shorter but uh agreed uh, yeah that's uh not good yeah so it's one of those i I don't know what to take out of it but uh that's that's probably why i don't make records so all right ben (laughs) That brings us to our final thoughts. But uh, take us out a little bit here. What are, you, what are your final thoughts on this record?
1: Uh, my final thoughts on this record is everybody needs to listen to this. Everybody needs to know who Not a Surf is, and I know that I'm I'm total fanboy when it comes to to this band, but they are they're just really a, a great band. Um, they're I think we mentioned this the. The, their their most recent record is never not together. It's great as well. Um, the the one that came before that, the you know who you are, also great. I mean, they just put out some some really great records, and it's a shame that more people don't know Not a Surf, because not only are they great musicians, but they're great people as well. And uh, I just love the messages uh if you don't follow not a surf on on the socials um matthew is uh mans the socials but you know he's he's a good dude he's and and i can definitely say that about ira because he's been on a couple couple episodes of of my podcast he's just great uh they're just yeah uh, I wish more people knew this record and knew the band.
0: Uh, agreed. Yeah, this is is a good one. I kind of uh, threw away my 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 final thoughts and just, uh, just uh, I'm gonna go ahead and revisit it. Just again, this really sounded like a band who had been left for dead, and then they resurrected themselves with this record. And Absolutely. It's just a, it's a, it's a special record, uh, and I come from that in not having really. Listen to the, those first two records I you know I've, I've gone back and listened to those records of course but uh, you know I, I came into this not knowing anything about the band other than oh they were that band that had that one novelty hit let's say right and just being so taken with this record immediately uh, you know as I said the the girl I was dating bought this but I kept it <laughs> there you go uh, she ended up with a couple of things of mine, so it was there was there was some swapping involved after the breakup. But uh, she <laughs> didn't even think that she was going to keep this record. That's how you know how special this record was to me.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh,
0: and so, of course, would encourage everyone uh, as well. You know, on this show, uh, always talking about records that I fucking love, and uh, you know, sometimes you love the ones that are maybe a little bit strange, a little bit out there. But this is one that I think. You know, anybody who's a fan of music can find something that they'll like about this record and uh, would encourage everyone to go out and do that. Uh, I would also encourage everyone to, uh, you know, like or comment or review or share whatever it is you're supposed to do with podcasts so more people will listen to them. I would appreciate other people listening to this show. Uh, I listen to it. I think it's great. And I think you will, too. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell a Tell your neighbors, make them listen to the show, uh, and they should also, of course, uh, if not even more, be listening to records revisited. Uh, where I'm assuming that you are just everywhere that podcast can be found. Uh, what are your What are your socials? What are your uh, where, where can people uh, find you? Maybe talking about other stuff
1: yeah they can they can find us on all the all the platforms uh, if you go to records revisited podcast you can see all of our old episodes we're on all the major platforms and uh i'm on twitter at podcast records um somebody had our 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 moniker on twitter uh, and of course they're not they're no longer doing anything with it which just pains me yeah. um uh we're on wayne man's the instagram so if you want to you, you want to check uh records revisit from a slightly different angle he's he's on that uh that's records revisit podcast and then we're on facebook as well um and most of facebook is a rehash of what i do on twitter so there you go
0: all right. Well, I encourage all of my listeners, uh, all, all eighteen of you, to go seek this one out. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a fan, it's a fantastic show. You, you know, don't be intimidated by the the run the runtime. You're gonna you're gonna really enjoy yourself. I mean, even if, like I said, I, even if I don't know who the guest is or if they're talking about a record I don't necessarily know, I still have a great time listening to the show. Making people rank every single song on an album that they love is, uh, is the most beautiful torture you will ever hear. <laughs> um, I, I encourage everybody to, to check that out.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate that.
0: So once again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to talk to anybody about this record and it is a special record. And when you agreed to do that, I was super happy. Uh, thanks a lot, Ben. Uh, we'll talk to you soon and goodbye.
1: Absolutely. Peace out.